Hey y'all, and welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm with Jonathan. Hey, hey y'all. Today we're going to be covering uh, mostly just news. We were going to have the review for The Last of Us, but our guys are not far enough in, and uh, it's all they're doing, so that shows how big that game is. Uh, what have you been watching lately? Uh, I just started watching um, Space Force. That was pretty, okay. pretty funny, and just rewatching a lot of old shows. But yeah, yeah. I'm kind of in there right now. I'm, I'm, I finished up a lot of the shows I intended to watch on uh, like HBO and Amazon. So I'm I'm rewatching some other stuff. Um, I've been every every day watching a different episode of the of Avatar, mm-hmm. and I'm on the third season, about halfway into that. So good. Yeah, <laughs> it's just perfect. <laughs> um, and uh, what else was I watching? Oh, Community. So like two shows that I love that I've, you know, but I'm kind of watching those again. One show that I've watched a lot of, but haven't completed was, um, Parks and Rec and my wife's never seen it. So we're watching that oh, together now too. It's good. Good. Pretty hilarious. Where are you at in it? Uh, season two, like mid season two. After season two, they reformat the show and it gets way better. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good. It's where to go. All right. Uh, so, uh, before we get too far, uh, we have some unfortunate news. We lost a, uh, geek legend this week, um, it's uh, the guy that played Bilbo. His name was Ian Holmes, and uh, he's 88. And he passed away just of natural causes and stuff like that. But he's he was a stage, you know, presence, and of course in film. But I think Bilbo Baggins is what kind of like in one of the best fantasy book adaptations ever in the original Lord of the Rings. And then his final production or the final thing he ever acted in was uh, the Hobbit and the Five Armies, the final Hobbit movie. So um, you know. What a legend, right? I mean, he's I, right away. I think of him out there prepping the the fan, the uh, fair that he for his birthday and stuff like that. It's good stuff. Yeah, sad to see him go. Uh, next up, let's go ahead and get into uh, some news. I just wanted to address that first. Uh, we have EA Play Live. So this is uh, EA's replacement for E3. We've had a ton of stuff going on this month. You guys know we've been we've been doing the podcast for everything we can. Uh, but this was EA's attempt. And uh, it was it was pretty good. The big problem is their biggest reveal was was revealed early because of a leak, uh, and we'll get that into that in a sec. But as for the actual uh, presentation itself, it felt very convention like. So if you go to a convention, a lot of times when you watch, you know, E3 for example, uh, it's just like the big stuff. It's like oh you know here's a new Halo, here's the new Assassin's Creed. But when you're actually there, there's a lot of panels, there's a lot mm-hmm. of development talk, stuff like that. You know, it's like. A lot of filler, but you love the filler. You like to go exactly. around and see and just talk to people about the smaller stuff, see fan art and things like that. Yeah. Uh, that And that's what this kind of felt like, too. It was a lot of filler where they're actually showing the development process. They're showing some concept art for all the games they're announcing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of liked that. There's these little featurettes going along. Which do you like? Do you like to just hear the announcements and go, or do you kind of want to hear a little bit behind the scenes? No, yeah, I'd rather, I'd definitely rather the behind the scenes get saturated in the environment, and then that means the 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 big releases are going to be so much more impactful because you're you know you're not just there for the hot news but you're there for the whole environment so yeah yeah, yeah. and it makes you appreciate the game more and maybe even understand the game better because mm-hmm. there's certain aspects of the game you might not be able to catch the trailer and i think for the developers that's kind of a, a win-win for them if they can get you interested not just in the product that you could buy on the shelf but show you some of the behind the scenes and make you a little more invested in it then you're more likely to like it and review it better and stuff anyway so yeah i think it's good uh, so the big one that that got released early from a leak was a uh, Star Wars Squadron. Mm-hmm. This is the uh, new space battle game that they're coming out with. Uh, it it's, looks beautiful, and at first I heard free to play, which had me worried. But the pre-orders are showing that it's gonna be forty dollars, which is funny. That like, oh good, I get to pay for it, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because free to play means I'm gonna be buying skins and stuff like that, and that's just that's a waste. Uh, it is EA, so you're probably gonna be doing both. 
but uh, we are also having a single player story and multiplayer. The single player, you have to, you're going to create two pilots, uh, one for the Empire and one for the New Republic, and uh, playing both sides. So the 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 New Republic is trying to defend this brand new thing they're creating. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's very everything sensitive. For the Empire, it's cool. Like I can't wait to play as the Empire. Mm-hmm. It's right after the Empire dies or the Emperor dies, and so it's all about revenge mm-hmm. and just like. You know, lashing out. It's going to be fun. They're a, a desperate uh, faction. You're going to be angry. It's going to be great. Um, so you're rolling around doing that. And uh, in the multiplayer, you have five versus five dog fights, which is just five fighters versus five fighters. Then there's fleet battle mode, which will be different roles and objectives. The idea is that you're you're going to be fighting off these fighters. Then you move into taking out these two like frigates. And then you move on to taking out the flagship, mm-hmm. um, each with their own little phase. And uh, you'll choose different rules. So this guy's playing a bomber. That guy's playing a support-like ship. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Do you remember this kind of stuff from the Star Wars Battlefront 2? Um, yeah, I remember. It It wasn't my favorite part of Battlefront. I mean, I liked, I liked on the, the ground you know, missions better. But um, but I'm hoping they, of course, build on this. One thing that I, I'm kind of looking forward to, the way this sounds, is it sounds like it's going to be a little bit harder to control your ship, to manage yeah. your ship, because you're not just flying like... Star Fox just point in that direction and you keep going and you have unlimited fuel and resources but it sounds like you're going to have to manage your ship and keep it together and make like you can shift the the shields and stuff like that right like you you have to think about just just surviving in space first and then get into you know space battle and how to win and things so it's like a lot more strategy I think I'm hoping yeah than the older space battle games and I think some of that comes from Star Trek fandom yeah <laughs> because the idea of diverting power from your shields yeah. or from life support I mean that's that's a classic Star Trek if you're right. not a Star Trek until you say hold your breath for 20 up. minutes it's yeah. gonna get cold but yeah. <laughs> we need to survive but that's exactly right so there's gonna be they were giving an example of like what a top tier player should be able to do which I'm excited mm-hmm. that there's such a skill cap because that means that this could actually evolve into esports mm-hmm. um but yeah they were saying that like he was explaining the the actual peak of it and I couldn't grasp it which is exciting that, that there's something that's that hard but generally like you see that you have like your two on one and they're coming at you divert shields from the behind you to the front of you mm-hmm. so that'll send all your shield powers in the front and then like look i just need to mow down through these guys cut or slow down your engines and bring the power from your engines into into the frontal shields too so you're just this big batting ram yeah so like, so you can really kind of move things around and then the instrumentation during mm-hmm. this there's all kinds of little little lights that look like they're straight up from the old movies yeah but they all mean things mm-hmm. and so you just see those like red squares going in like oh that's how much power you're leading in this way and a lot of little things like that so it's exciting and they were talking about so i'm going to try to explain what he was saying but basically you're going you like cut power to turn fast then you use the wave of of the space distortion to travel faster through it and be able to make a faster turn and loop around faster than you possibly could normally Mm. like you're using your own space distortion to fly faster yeah to bank off of yeah it was it was something that was just like holy shit i want to see that in action you have to. I mean, I can only imagine if you're if you're perceiving your spatial distortion as like a boat in the water. Yeah. If you slow down and then the waves of the ripples go ahead of you and then you bank off your ripples, like it was something crazy like that. And then he was talking about how like and then you could use like if you move the shields just right when you're doing that, then the ripples it'll bounce. You know, it's this mm-hmm. whole thing. It's just like crazy, crazy scenario. physics and dynamics in this game. Yeah. That's and. Cool. You know, and then of course, above all that, it's just like it's cool. You're in Star Wars, so <laughs> it's right. gonna be fun for everybody. But I'm really excited to see the upper echelons of players mm-hmm. and what they're gonna be able to do with this game. Uh, it will be available on most systems and is releasing October second. I believe it'll be available on the on the Switch as well. Uh, the graphics seem to be kind of doable, mm-hmm. you know, for the Switch. So that'd be pretty cool. The other big um, 
One of the other big uh, announcements is that Apex Legends has a new event going on. Hmm. Uh, it is, and I forgot to write down the event here. <laughs> um, it is Lost Treasures, I want to say it was called. Uh, you guys are getting all kinds of new maps and skins and all kinds of fun stuff like that. Big news is that Apex is now on Steam and is also hmm. coming to Switch soon. So uh, a lot of people like when things go to Steam because it's kind of like their centralized library. Makes mm -hmm. sense. Uh, and you keep track of your friends and your uh, achievements through Steam. Is is Apex still thriving or is that kind of slowed down? It's slowed down, mm -hmm. but still strong. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Then nothing, I, you know, I personally was hoping it would topple Fortnite because I really liked the play style. Uh, it didn't. Nothing's toppling Fortnite. It's still up there. It's pretty crazy. Brody's like propping the company up by himself. <laughs> right. Every time I talk to him, he's like, "Hey, can I buy some V bucks? Can you get me some V bucks?" I'm like, dude, you have a problem. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you're 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 a ten year old addict. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down. Oh man. oh man, if only they had these games when we were little. <laughs> oh, we would be in so much trouble. <laughs> uh, they announced Skate, which would be probably Skate Four mm -hmm. uh, when it comes out. And uh, this is to me, it was what they ended the show with. And I was kind of like, why are you going to end with Skate? To me, it didn't seem like it was that big of a deal. Yeah. Yeah, Star Wars. But I think it's because Star Wars was leaked. Maybe they moved things around. Mm. Uh, I know there are people who have been waiting for this. It actually came about because of like a Twitter campaign, essentially. Yeah. It was asking EA, like, hey, give us Skate back, give us Skate back. I actually uh, have a friend who was excited enough to, to like message me or, or uh, talk to me specifically about this game. Because we're talking about EA. And he's like, yeah. oh, yeah, your Skate's coming back. I was like... See that? Really? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm just not a big fan of it. But there are people who have been so dedicated to Mario. That's cool. Yeah, that's that's, that's just kind of funny. I, I was more excited about Tony Hawk coming back. But that's because yeah. I'm an old fart with a nostalgia. Right. But I think this, and I was kind of like, oh, oh man, what bad time you got Tony Hawk coming out. But I'm kind of thinking like they're saying that this is pretty far off. So I think Tony Hawk will come out and ignite the interest enough. Mm -hmm. Then this will come out. Yeah. So it might be enough away from Tony Hawk to where it's not necessarily colliding with it, but using it. To yeah. propel itself. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I'll have to check it out. Cause I think Tony I'm excited to play Tony Hawk. It might ignite that that in me again, that that fandom. Yeah. Uh of course, if it's <clears throat> EA, you're talking Madden and Madden and FIFA. That's what keeps the doors open over there for them. Uh they basically just showed off more enhanced graphics and stuff like that that are coming for the next games. I don't know, man. I'm just not a fan. I don't know what else they can do. I mean, yeah. hasn't Madden pretty much been the same? For like twelve years, it, there's not a whole lot of yeah. You, you can't. You're not changing the sport. You're not changing the game that you're playing with the game. So, yeah, I don't know. I remember and we've talked yeah. a little bit about maybe them doing like a coach aspect of it, managing yeah. 2K more. Two K might stuff, be doing something but, like that. Yeah, yeah. And just you just can't keep reskinning the same game over and over again. So yeah, we'll see how they do. I mean, of course, like you're saying, it props up their their business. So oh yeah, it especially. I know for FIFA, it's real big. They have this, uh, what is it, where you build your own team or whatever, and you like oh, buy yeah. these decks of cards. You buy these card packs, and then there might be their best team or like a real good player. Yeah. It's just all microtransactions. Again, EA. You, and it's just unfortunate. You know how we do, um, uh, what do you call that, where you make you make your team fantasy football? Yeah. I, that sounds like that. Imagine if there was a much bigger scale, like where you, like within a regular season, with the NFL season, pick your players, but then you play each other, create your own fantasy football in a league online with your friends. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. And so then you're actually, actually using the font. Uh, you're using Madden to run the actual league. Yeah. Boy, that'd be really good this season. Cause we don't know if we're getting football at all. And you would actually put your team together. So not just getting, you know, a Cowboys quarterbacks score plus the Niners defense score or whatever. You have those teammates like together in a team and you play against Oh, other I see people. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Cause you're, you're, build the team. you're actually building the team and having them play against each other, not necessarily going yeah. off the numbers that they would normally produce. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Of course, the gameplay is based on the numbers that they produce, but yeah, but still. 
Animal. That might be something. We might have to do something like that. If right. we find out the football's canceled, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll set something up. Do a like league. That. Yeah, we'll have to set up a league. I like that idea. Yeah. Uh, a couple of the smaller games we got announced is It Takes Two. This is created by Joseph Fares. He made um, A Way Out and then Brothers, a, take, uh, a Tale of Two Sons. I misspelled it in the notes. Um, which, Brothers is such a classic game. Uh, he's he's also director of some films. So his his big thing is taking gameplay and and making the story make sense. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times you're like, oh, here's a story of Halo where you're going around, you're fighting the Covenant, but I'm also just shooting guns and throwing grenades. I think that's my job. Yeah. And I just happen to be watching the story that I'm participating in. In this game, in his games, the idea is what you're doing feels, makes you feel the same as the story should. So they're tied together. You know what I'm saying? So if if it's all about like, if the tension's high in the story, mm-hmm. maybe you're balancing on a beam right now and trying mm-hmm. to barely not fall so they, they match well. I got you. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like the idea of directors trying out video games mm-hmm. because I want to see what they can what they can do. They know how to address the uh, audience's emotions mm-hmm. and interact interactivity is the way to go, you know, if you really want to maximize that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Lost is Random. This is a uh, really cool game where it's kind of Tim Burton-esque. Uh, it looks like it's um, Corpus Bride yeah. area. Uh-huh. You know? And uh, you have a little friend with you called Dicey. And whenever you have to make a big decision, you actually roll the companion yeah. and whatever number it is you go with. So I, it feels like it's going to be kind of like a roguelike where every time you go into a scenario, it's a different scenario. Mm-hmm. So fun little game. You know, that's pretty neat. I, I, I liked that one. And the last thing I wanted to mention is we did get some random little teaser shots uh, for what they said was an upcoming Bioware game, but they didn't they didn't give any details, really, just these shots. Uh, dark environment. There's some like runes and like this red plant that's like corruptively like climbing on things i'm guessing this is probably the next dragon age mm-hmm. no promises but uh dragon age what inquisition did so well for them a few years ago i, I can imagine them throwing some money that way and uh they really need something bioware needs something big so that'd be cool there's some other indie games that weren't really that impressive um you know you guys can go to our website to see the full thing but uh overall john what do you think of how companies are doing this history like Instead of having E3, they're all doing their own little things. How I are you liking that? I think it's it's definitely unfortunate. I think it's more unfortunate for the fans because we don't get the the hype and the excitement and the adrenaline of being in the place and seeing all the stuff and being exclusive to us a little more. Um, for the businesses, for the companies, I don't. I I'm interested to see if this benefits them in any way. I don't think it will because they're also losing that hype and adrenaline excitement. You can go on your computer and check out any one of their pages and see the updates and stuff like that and that's cool but they, they're they trying to reach out. They're going to have to really struggle to to not just get your attention and give you the information but give you that hype and excitement to want to try out their game or buy their game or their yeah. merch or whatever they have. So it's I think it's kind of a lose-lose but for the situation... I'm glad they're still trying. I'm glad, you know, they're right. all they're all putting out their their content in different ways. Um, I'd love to see that, you know, everybody came together and put all their content in one source so that we can all get it together. And what E3 was, yeah. Yeah, it would be backed with some more hype. If E3 knew this was going to happen ahead of time, maybe they could have planned an online yeah. host for it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate that it's got to be released this way, but I'm glad that everyone's still trying and you know, pumping out all kinds of good content to share with all of us. So, uh, previous years, it was a debate of whether E3 should still keep going on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because we do live in an age where everything can be digital like this. Mm-hmm. Do you think that something like E3 is more important or less important for the industry? 
I think their numbers are going to tell us at the end of this year. So if they make just as much, yeah, if if they make just as much money or you know ninety percent of whatever the revenue would have been before, they'll probably just you know eighty six it all together. Maybe indie games would decide to make their own smaller version of E three. I think that'd be really cool. Mm -hmm. But I don't think these big companies are going to do that. Yeah. Uh, But if they see that it's major loss and it wasn't worth their investment in these games because E three and the launch and the excitement and stuff didn't back them then maybe they'll push to continue. Yeah, and and they almost have to go off of something different. They can't necessarily go off of funding mm. because right now everybody's making just Buku Cash. Yeah. Gaming's at an all-time high right now. Yeah. Uh, but if they were to go off of like... Retained players? Tre- trending numbers. Like yeah. however you can measure trending numbers. That's how much I... <laughs> you guys seen my Twitter, our, our Twitter account. I'm not a guru on the social medias. <laughs> but if they could like track the trending numbers and see how long something stays up. Mm-hmm. Star Wars Squadron. How long was that buzzing? Yeah. And um and see compared to something like E3, what that means, you know, because I feel like with everything gathered, if you were a bigger title, mm-hmm. E3 is definitely the way the way to go because you're getting announced alongside the new Xbox, mm-hmm. uh, alongside you know if you're Assassin's Creed and this is getting announced within a couple of days of each other, yeah. then the echo lasts longer because people are like comparing them to each other, mm-hmm. which then you know maybe you're losing the comparison, but your name is still being said, and that's yeah. important. Yeah. When now it's like Assassin's Creed Valhalla was announced maybe a month ago, normally would be announced during E3, and um, you, people aren't saying the name anymore. Yeah. But if these two were around next to each other, we'd be like, oh well, which one are you gonna get? Which one are you gonna spend the money on? Yeah. It's you know? just like the consoles. If you announce a PS5. And that's it. And for for three or four years, that's it. Everyone, you know, some people will buy it, some people won't. But when you announce the new Xbox and the new PlayStation at the same time, then it's a competition. Everyone's like, yes. you know, fighting for for what side they support and stuff like that. So, like you're saying, it makes a much bigger echo and probably a much bigger sales. That's a really good example because when PS5 was announced, mm-hmm. uh, you know, top five trending, I think four of them were PS5. One of them was Xbox. Mm-hmm. And so Xbox's name got trending again because people were saying, "Well, oh, I'm still going to buy the Xbox." Yeah, no matter what it is. Yeah, you know. Um, that's a good, that's a very good example. So I think E3's, of course, we do have a bias in it being participants of it, but I do think something like E3 is important because it brings everybody together. For the smaller titles, mm-hmm. I, that's what, something that E3 needs to address. It's heyday for small titles mm-hmm. because like for EA's announcement here, we got a couple big dogs, but then most of the show was really going deep on their indie titles. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple there that I was interested in and stuff like that, you know, um, so I think E3 needs to, and I know they have like an indie show, but they need to put a little more effort into it yeah. and really kind of bring them to the front because it's a growing market and it's some of our best storytelling mm-hmm. and it, they can't spark. Minecraft was an indie title yeah. and it just last week got added to the video game hall of fame. That's so crazy. Yeah, it was like 200 million copies sold or something like that. It was, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, I think this will, I think the guys at E3 will take this and learn from it, what they can do better, indie titles, stuff like that. But I think the industry is learning that, yes, E3 is still needed mm-hmm. and uh, we'll figure out a way to do it in the future. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we have Blizzard just banned 74,000 World of Warcraft Classic accounts. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> so let me explain what's going on here, guys. This has been a problem in World of Warcraft in general for the last 17 years uh, since the game's launch, which every time I say it, it's like, 17 years and then nuts <laughs> makes you feel old eh? it does yeah <laughs> i've been playing a game for about 15 years it's nuts off and on um but anyway so uh, what it is 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 in the game there's professions where you'll need to gather materials out in the open world uh, azeroth which is the the world of world of warcraft uh is massive i mean it is miles 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 big so uh there's a bunch of stuff out there herbs you can pick or whatever 
Uh, and then you turn those into potions or whatever you need for, mm -hmm. for regular gameplay, right? Yeah. Well, what these guys will do is a lot of times they'll set them up to go overnight, they'll leave their computer on, and they'll set up a program to walk around in a certain circle, mm -hmm. certain pathway, and pick up any herb or mine it comes across. This is called botting. It's, it's automated gameplay. Now, this is completely against the rules. It, provide, it, it creates an unfair balance. And then uh, every server has their own economy, so much so that economists use World of Warcraft to study economies. <laughs> it's been, it's done so in universities. Yeah, because, and as a person, like, I, currently I have World of Warcraft active. I do not do a single dungeon. I don't do anything except for I like to balance the stock market. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And I'm, I'm, it's because I'm populating enough gold for next expansions coming out later this year. Yeah. I'm going to walk into it with a pile of gold that helps me out the expansion. But right now, I'm passively kind of just playing the stock market. Mm -hmm. it, they have their own economies. And so when somebody, just like if you were to think of real life stuff, uh, when somebody wakes up in the morning and then drops, you know, X amount of herbs on the market, everything that's related to that herb crashes mm -hmm. and then it creates these imbalances and stuff like that. So it really can ruin the stock market yeah. and, and the economy. And a lot of people that's play the game dumping forward. too in our economy. Yeah. 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 If all of a sudden you drop the drop oil down to a couple cents per barrel. Yeah. And just to put the other people place are out, jumping of out of windows. <laughs> yeah. But then as soon as they go out of business, you jack it back up to $7 a gallon. Right. Yeah. So, you know, Okay, a little extended on this. When you see a bot is active, so yeah. <laughs> you want to go deep on this. I actually have a series of bots that are in my friends list because I watch when they're on. Yeah, and then I watch the stock, watch the markets. I see they so you dumped, feed off of them, <laughs> and then I I grab everything they dumped, and then the market retains itself. But I also grabbed it at an insanely cheap price. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, that's some deep stuff. But anyways, um, yeah. So they ended up banning seventy four thousand World of Warcraft classic accounts. This is the first time that classic has been plagued by this, mm -hmm. and uh, they finally went through. And, and because classic is so much more uh, effort per gold, mm -hmm. because everything's so old school now, they they made sure it's old school in that game. Uh, it's even more important that you have bots, and people would have like ten bots going at one time mm -hmm. with ten different accounts, and it was just this crazy thing. Uh, so they went through and banned them all, and uh, have stated now that they're going to be more aggressive about it. So they're going to actually be really pushing. They're very careful not to do too much on classic because mm -hmm. it's the reason people are playing it is because they're not as active on it. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to make sure we mentioned this because they said, this is our first time banning people on classic. We may have accidentally banned you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you, um, if you're a multi-boxer, which is completely legal, mm -hmm. it's something where you're actively using all the accounts. They might've banned you just because somebody said like, Oh, I think that guy's botting, but it might just be a multi-boxer. Anything like that. So if you haven't played WoW in a couple of days or a couple of weeks or whatever, check to make sure your account's not banned. Right now, they're quick to reverse bans if you're saying that, you know, and you have proof that you're not a, a bot. Mm. Uh, so go in, check, make sure your account didn't get banned. Uh, I did mine just to make sure, you know, you never know. And, uh, and everything's fine, but check yours. It's a good time to check that out. So do you think um, banning botting like this, do you think it's going to have a negative impact on the economy in World of Warcraft? It'll make all the prices skyrocket for a sec and then level out. Okay. So it brings prices down to something. The problem is, is I say I go out and farm herb and I get like a hundred herb and it took me 30 minutes to do. Mm -hmm. If I put my stuff on the market and they put their stuff on the market, all of a sudden my effort per hour or like the gold per hour is what they call it. But my effort per hour isn't fair because yeah. it's like, oh man, it's, I spent all day trying to get this and now it's not worth nothing. Right. It's not worth my time. And so the idea is to keep the markets healthy enough to where you're your goal per hour, your effort per hour is fair. It's yeah. worth it to go out there and do it. Because if it's not worth it, then we're dependent on the bots. Yeah. That's when the markets get screwed up. <laughs> and then you're then you're dependent on somebody cheating. Yeah. Um so there'll be a lot um uh, it will slow down the economy though, right? Like you will it, it, it'll stabilize yeah. over time, but it won't be 
there won't be nearly as much material, much resources dumped into the market like yeah. before. Especially on the uh, smaller servers. So if you're a bot, you usually want to set it up on a smaller server if possible because all the values are higher. There's mm -hmm. less people out there, out there farming. Uh, and so on a smaller server, when you're when your job is a crafter, mm -hmm. so your job is is taking all the bots' materials, turning them into something valuable, and making sure you have a profit margin on posting those. Uh, this hits you the hardest because all of a sudden your supply went way far down, mm -hmm. and you have to make sure that you're still profitable once the market goes up. Mm -hmm. you, so all your prices have to go up, of course. But sometimes you simply won't have the supply anymore, yeah. and that just shuts something off. And then what you do have has to go way higher than that. Mm -hmm. It's a whole. It, it takes it takes a couple of weeks for everything to balance out, but then it'll be good. Usually it's the first Tuesday. Tuesday is when everybody goes out and starts raiding again. Uh -huh. It cleans everything up because everything sells. Everybody needs every pot and flask and all that stuff like that, mm. and everything will equal out. All right. But check your guys' wild accounts. Make sure they're not banned. Okay, Cyberpunk 2077. I'm waiting for this game like crazy, man. Delay. Delayed again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it got delayed down to November 19th this time. And uh, the last one was uh, September something. forget what day it was. But anyway, so co-founder uh, uh, Markin and then the studio head Adam uh, believe that the game is not ready. And they said it'll be ready when it's ready. Which was odd because the last time they delayed it was... I don't know if they stated it was because of COVID, but it was very implied that it was because of COVID. Yeah. So... So essentially, the game's not ready. Now, this does put it up to about when the system should be releasing, but they are reassuring everybody that it will still be available on Xbox One and PS4. And uh, also that if you buy it on Xbox One, it's one of those games, much like Madden, I didn't mention that before, but Madden is the same way, where if you buy it on Xbox One, you'll get it for Xbox Series X for free. Hmm, that's good. Yeah. Um, With the upgraded uh, enhancements and graphics and all yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It, Every first-person title for Xbox is that way for sure, mm -hmm. and, then, and we're going to go into that later on too, but uh, some of the third-party guys are jumping on board with that too. Nice. Uh, we're going to get more detail on this uh, on June 25th. They have an event called Night City Wire, weird name for your event, <laughs> but June 25th, so we're probably going to do, let's see, that'll be in a couple days after this one. We'll probably do a live stream of it. We've been doing a lot of live streams where we have a couple of friends hop on, and we sit there and watch the announcements and give our opinion live. Mm -hmm. And then if it's something crazy like the PS5 one, we right away record a podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, if not, then we just, you know, we preserve it through the stream. I'm looking forward to Cyberpunk, man. Why? Oh, I wish we weren't deleting this. Are you excited for this game? What's going on? I actually I hate to say it, I don't know anything about it. You don't know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm sure it'll be a good game. I'm hoping it's good. I, mean, I don't know why they're delaying it or what it's going to be like. Yeah. But I'm, I'm down. I'll try it when it comes out. I'll have to show you some trailers for it and stuff like that. It's, yeah. uh, it's pretty amazing. It's a massive game. Uh, one, the thing I'm excited for the most is that it's a, in, a, in a mega city like if Judge Dredd, mm, yeah. but they're building vertically. So mm. like the levels will go vertically instead of uh, horizontally as much. Mm. Um, I'll have to show you the trailer for it. I know Squeaks was furious when <laughs> this got <laughs> delayed again, but he was much happier by the next move. So uh, Pod Racer remaster is coming out this week. That's the Yes. So if you guys remember the old 1999 uh, N64, I think it was on. Uh I, I the remember. best part was, was it in 64? I think it was in 64. And then, I mean, the best part is when you went to the arcade and oh, you actually yeah. had the big pod racer yeah. you'd hop into. Uh, so the developer Asper Media announced that the fully remastered game uh, is coming to the N Nintendo Switch and PS4 on June 23rd, which is the is tomorrow when you guys listen. I'm trying to remember dates and stuff. It's getting <laughs> tricky. Uh, the announcement came on their Twitter page with a brand new clean title card that kind of showed the upscaled graphics. And uh, it was originally going to be put out on the 12th, but they postponed it because everybody was working from home. 
And uh, I'm excited for this game. It's going to be really cool. And it, it, Is there anything new in the game? Did they revamp the mechanics or anything, or is it just skin? It's both. So oh, okay. they, they made sure to stay loyal to the 90s game, mm-hmm. and then they added things that could only be done on the newer systems. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Uh, I was hoping it'd be on PC or Xbox, but I'll definitely be picking it up on the Switch. Hmm. Uh, hopefully, it's kind of a cheap game. I don't know what the price would be. How much would you pay for a remaster of Podracer? That's, so that's where I'm asking, like, did they totally re- change the mechanics in it, or is it just going to be the same thing? If it's if it's just new skins and it looks cool, I'd probably pay like twenty bucks, maybe twenty five. But if it's yeah. a full new game, then you know fifty, maybe even sixty for it. If it's a, if it's a full new game, then yeah, I'd pay sixty bucks for it. Yeah, I'm presuming it'll be kind of like Rocket League size, which is thirty bucks. Yeah, I'd be, I'd probably go thirty bucks. Probably where I'm gonna go. Yeah, um, it's one of those games I know it'll be on sale soon. Star Wars games go on sale fast because they make them so quick. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I think that's pretty cool. And then. You know, speaking of remaking the '90s, yeah, this this is even more exciting to me. Mm-hmm. The Pokemon Company made a special announcement on the 17th on their YouTube channel. They're trying to use their YouTube channel more. Uh, Pokemon Snap is back, so this is the N64 for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, the idea for those of you guys who have you know lived under a rock this whole time, you're on a track, right? And then you're taking pictures of Pokemon as you go. It sounds so stupid when you explain <laughs> this to somebody. But you got to get the right picture. You got to get the best they, picture possible. They move. You can't get them. Just sit down. Yeah. And then like you got extra points if their wings were open yeah. and then stuff like that. And then remember how there was like those hidden like rock faces that looked like a Pokemon? Yeah. And so oh, like, oh, those stars, when you line up just this right, it's Gyarados. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. Uh, so they're remake. They're actually not remaking. It's a sequel. It's a whole new Pokemon Snap. Uh, it's being developed by Bandico, uh, Bandai Namco, which does all the anime uh, video games we've seen lately. Uh, there is no release date for this yet, but the internet went insane for this. I love Pokemon Snap. What do you think about this? I'm excited. I like everything Pokemon, so I'm I'm, I'm ready to check it out. Yeah. Do you remember? <laughs> this is so we're gonna we're just we're bringing out how old we are today. Right. At Blockbusters, oh, yeah. <laughs> they used to have those like kiosks you bring their your cartridge to, mm-hmm. and you could print up. Your actual pictures of the Pokemon? <laughs> yeah, from the yeah from the Snap game. You could save your pictures and go print them. Oh, man. That was so cool. And There's so much we could do now. Like, like, I mean, they did a good job with Pokemon Go. But, I mean, there's so much more we can do with our technology. It's just exploded since since these games originally came out. So, I'm excited to see. I'm hoping they try something different and use, you know, our advantages, our new technology to the best. But, um, but then, I mean, at the same time, you still just kind of want the nostalgia of playing the old game, yeah. too. So. It'd be kind of nice if they had a feature in the game where you just just switch back to classic. Let me just play classic, and then yeah. then I'll get into the new new features and stuff. It's so small, I can't imagine them not having a classic mode. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, you can uh, you could probably download it on your watch nowadays. It's... Oh God! Oh man! On my iWatch, that'd be amazing. <laughs> right? That'd be neat. So, what kind of extra little thing? Because we used to be able to take it to blockbusters and print. What kind of extra things can you imagine for this that you'd be able to do? Well, a social social media connection for sure. Like you yeah. know, sharing pictures with your friends, competing with them on you know who got the best pictures. Or whatever. I like that. But, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's the kind of thing. Like I, I just keep going back to Pokemon Go that how it used the geo tracking, so you could it could, this could be added as a simple feature of Pokemon Go, where you're walking oh, around town, you see Pokemon. Instead of trying to catch them, you just get pictures of them and you save them and you get points for that. Um, That's a good idea. But yeah, I mean, something like that would be that would be kind of too easy for them. It would, yeah. wouldn't even need to make a separate game. But maybe they can make it to where like you could change the camera into like phone shape so that you could take wallpapers, mm-hmm. take pictures for wallpapers. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. Like make it to where just you can put it up on Instagram right away or something like that, yeah. so that you can kind of share like. Man, did you guys see this cool picture of whomever? Yeah. AKA, we're going to be doing that a lot on our social medias, guys. Just get ready right. for that. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see if there's something new. I almost want them to have a kiosk somewhere where I can print up my pictures. 
Yeah. But that's just not a thing anymore. Nobody's going to go to they, they, there's so many place. so many websites nowadays though you can have your pictures printed and mailed to you. They'll probably they could probably do that as a free thing too. Like it'll come with some advertisements and some marketing stuff or whatever to pay for the process, but yeah. print the pictures and mail them to you. Why not? That if would you, be that's what you want. <laughs> but I mean that's so we're dinosaurs even talking about that. Yeah. You want a paper with the image on it? <laughs> you mean this thing that's in your pocket all the time that has billions infinite <laughs> images you don't that's not good enough for you or your computer your many computers your many tvs come yeah. on what are you gonna do with your printed paper put them in a photo album <laughs> yeah you can wipe your butt with it come on it's paper <laughs> yeah that's the only thing we do pay. you mean like toilet <laughs> paper <laughs> gotta get up on that bidet life uh okay so uh i wanted to go into uh, xbox decided to clarify their smart delivery program this is what we were hinting at beforehand uh xbox's news blog which is called xbox wire if you guys are not familiar with xbox wire and you are a Microsoft fan, please follow them. They're, they always have some interesting stuff. But they they put out this big, long article that essentially boils down to three different scenarios on how this smart delivery program will work. So I wanted to go over each of those scenarios now. The first one is, say you uh, buy a game. It's attached to your account uh, on the Xbox One or on Game Pass. You automatically get the, the Series X version on launch day. So if it's a Sea of Thieves or Halo or something Xbox original, right? you're going to automatically have the Xbox Series X version. I love that. That's mm -hmm. great. The second scenario, if you buy a game after the Xbox Series X comes out, you you already have it on both systems. Mm -hmm. So say you buy that Halo whatever on 6. No, that 6 can't happen. 5, but you buy it <laughs> on the Xbox Series X, you'll get it on the Xbox One as well. So mm -hmm. that's kind of nice if you have like, oh, hey, the Xbox One's going to go in the kids' room yeah. and the Series X is for the living room. Yeah. So the kids can play their Halo over there too. Uh, and then the last scenario is um oh by the way i'm sorry so when you do buy it on the ps or oh, i'm sorry on the uh, xbox series x you'll play that version on the series x and then you'll play the xbox one version on it so if there is yeah. a feature or whatever that's series x exclusive that one won't translate over yeah just in that case just there makes sense yeah lastly if you buy a third party game uh title on the xbox one you could then still play it on the series x but it won't be enhanced mm -hmm. you will then have to buy the uh the game series again on the Series X. Uh, some third-party companies like Cyberpunk have come out and said, we're, we're on board, and they're helping out both sides. So it's really basically from company to company, but essentially you're fully backwards compatible mm -hmm. for the Series X. And with Xbox Series X, they've already said that it'll play the original Xbox and the 360 as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's pretty cool. I like that. Uh, in comparison to PS5's, whose backwards compatibility is, they will play most of the top 100 selling games on the PS4, quite limited. Yeah. Uh, Looking at the Xbox, is there any particular titles that you're excited to try in a higher definition? I'll, I'll start off with Crackdown 1. I would love to try to play Crackdown 1 with a little bit more fidelity, mm. a little bit sharper. Crackdown 3 didn't seem like it was high enough definition, Man. so I'd like to see Crackdown 1 upscaled a little bit. I'm really not I'm not uh, picky, particular, with resolution definition. I just want a good story and good gameplay, so to me, that really doesn't matter all that much. But I, do, I did get mad when I got a 360 and some, like, a lot of the Xbox games wouldn't play on 360. It's mm -hmm. like, why? I mean, they're both disc trays. They're both the same thing. Well, how come this can't do that? It just doesn't make sense. So I'm really happy that since the 360 was the first step into digital, you know, copies of all your games and, and storing them that way as well, or it started to become an option um, that they're they're making it backwards compatible that way that everything's yeah. you know can be disc free and all digital copies. So and apparently the original Xbox as well. So oh, even see. better. Yeah. Okay. So I know like Juiced was the game I really liked on the original Xbox. Yeah. Stuff like that. So I'm wondering why does why does Sony not want to do that? Uh, 
and PlayStation. You know, I think Sony's looking at it as like, look, it's an investment into the system for something that, that everybody wants, but not necessarily uses. Mm-hmm. And even I like, you know, it's it's a feature I want just in case. I can't say that I'm gonna always be playing old Xbox games. Like that yeah. doesn't make much sense. Yeah. But uh just for, to have it in your overall, collection. <laughs> but it's nice having the collection. Yeah, we're all collectors. Yeah. And you never know when you're just like, oh hey, you know, I gotta go get me to go play Battlefront 2 or something like that, you know? Yeah. Uh we'll have to see how it goes. But yeah, I wish Sony would do because Sony, especially, if they could let me play PS2 games, yeah. I'd be very happy. PS2 was a classic. And it wouldn't it doesn't seem like it would be that hard to put them in the same digital format, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe going from a PlayStation 1 disc, maybe that software just does not work the same in a newer system. And it, it, it does not. Even in the Xbox, it doesn't work that way. So what it is is you put that disc in and it like gives a key yeah. saying like they own it. Download you can go ahead program. and download it. Yeah. That's what it is. But I mean, even if you took so the, the information that's on that old disc, download it onto a computer somewhere and try to play it in the same engine that runs the newer right. system, they just aren't compatible. They're just made of different code, I'm sure, by now. Yeah, yeah. The it, years. it actually does take, it probably takes effort to convert, you know, yeah. everything. Yeah. over so that's probably why they're just going to do the stuff that the fans really want and i'm sure if your favorite game is in the top 100 you and a bunch of other fans could petition to get yours added to it and they would probably do that if enough people wanted it yeah uh there's also the situation where this is going to require the uh, disc tray there is this is full-on rumors that's why we didn't actually write an article about it at all because mm-hmm. i generally want there to be a source i can trust on everything first this is a full-on rumor that there is one more Xbox to be announced. It's a full digital one. It's a stub stub nose Xbox. It's shorter, <laughs> um, but it's full on digital and it's like two hundred bucks is what they're saying. Mm. So according to the rumor, again rumor, uh, Xbox Series One is going to be four hundred dollars. The rumor says that PS Five will be five and six hundred dollars. Mm. So that's already and then the Xbox. I think they called it Lockdown. No, something like that. It's like Lockdown. Which would be the one without the disc tray is gonna be two hundred dollars. Wow. That's so freaking cheap for a system that most people. The, the, I, that's why it's, I didn't want to report on it because the components are more than two hundred dollars. Yeah. So I mean, it's like, how is that Very possible? Realistic. The processor alone mm. is like two hundred bucks at least. You know. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I've seen some mocked up images of what it looks like, and it's adorable. It looks like <laughs> the GameCube. <laughs> hey, but if Microsoft is the one leaking those out, then it's a bunch of hype that people will totally talk about. <laughs> and it's just a good move right now. You yeah. you already, if you're going to be $100 cheaper, then you're already going to do well. And then that too. And then there's all kinds of, well, we'll see. They might buy WB Games, which is something that people have been suggesting, mm-hmm. which would be huge as well too. So uh, we'll give you guys more information on both systems later on. Like uh, uh, we've, we've said in the past, on the 31st of this month, me and Squeaks are going to be doing a debate over Xbox versus PS5. He'll be backing up PlayStation. I'll be backing Xbox. The fans will then vote on what system I buy. I can't get play. I can't get squeaks on board with that, but me. So I might be a PS5 man now, depending on how the votes go. We'll see how those go. Man. All right, we have a couple more things, folks. Uh, two big changes for the next uh, season of Witcher. We're moving on to some uh, TV news here. So, Witcher showrunner uh, Lauren Schmidt uh, clarified some facts for the second season. So there's two big things. Uh, this is an interview with the Raps Emmy magazine. Uh, most of the first season, viewers followed multiple timelines and mm-hmm. then they kind of came together at the end season two will be one timeline the entire time and it'll uh, mostly evolve them fighting off the uh Nilf- Nilfgaard uh invading forces so we have uh Geralt himself I kind of can't remember all the names now mm-hmm. shoot <laughs> it's been a while right? <laughs> all right yeah Yennefer and then the girl they're gonna be working together in a lot of ways especially uh Geralt and the little girl uh working together to fight off uh Nilfgaard uh which is pretty cool I like that idea because for some of the 
less sci-fi fans that want to get on the craze, mm-hmm. that's the way to do it. Because multiple timelines... It's complicated and people don't want to follow it. So, so in yeah. depth. I had two people text me. I'm not going to shout out names. <laughs> two people text me like, I don't get it. Why is this person like here? I'm like, it's multiple timelines. I had to tell them it's multiple timelines way before I revealed it <laughs> just so they would stop freaking out. Right. <laughs> it's like, trust me, it's fine. Uh, and then we have uh, Vesemir's joining the team. So Vesemir in the game and in the books, uh, well, I don't know about the books, but in the game is his old mentor that's kind of always helping him on the side. I, again, of course, Avatar on the Brain. He's the Uncle Iroh. Nice. And um, and so he's joining the team and they're worried, they're Talking about casting, rumors are that it's going to be this Danish actor named Kim uh, Bodnia. Fan favorite though is Mark Hamill, mm-hmm. which would be amazing if Luke Skywalker is going to be, you know, your your old wise your uncle master. Iroh. Yeah, <laughs> can you think of anybody else you'd want in that in that role? It's kind of an older, maybe like a, a uh, Liam Neeson. I was just thinking <laughs> Liam Neeson. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think outside of Star Wars, but I I, I know I just keep going to Qui Gon Jinn and <laughs> Luke right, Skywalker. Right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there'd be a ton of awesome actors for it though. Oh, oh what's his name? Um, was on Game of Thrones briefly too. Dead, you- Deadwood. Oh, Ian McShane. Ian McShane, yeah. He can uh, play anything his, he wants. His voice, I he's mean. He's just so good. He's, he's got the white Morgan Freeman voice, but isn't he? It's just like, just so deep and like, Papa. Have, have you watched Deadwood? <laughs> no. So I, I suggest Deadwood. So I was telling the parents to watch Deadwood and they watched a few episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't They didn't really grasp onto it as much as I was hoping for. Yeah. The reason I think they didn't care for it, because it's not like a Western in mm-hmm. the Western sense. Uh the way they talk is straight up like Western Shakespeare. Really? Oh, yeah. Though I mean, it's like they're all way too smart for where they're at. Yeah. So they'll talk in almost soliloquies. It's just amazing. <laughs> and the dialogue itself could be made into its own just audio drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really suggest Deadwood. It's really good. And then the movie was good. It just kind of tied up the loose ends. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like anything crazy. Um, but yeah, so that's that's going to be great. Vesemir, guys, you guys have any uh, casting choices, hit us, hit us and let us know. And we'll talk about them on Twitter and Instagram. I got to be better about Instagram. <laughs> Facebook, nothing. <laughs> Everything on our Facebook is just shared from our Instagram. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, next up, Animorphs Movies in the Work. This is off of the 90s classic books by uh, K.A. Applegate. And it's going to the, the big screen here. So, these classics teams teaming up with Eric uh, Fay, who worked on horror films. I think it was Wrong Turn, I think he made. And teen movies. He makes a lot of teen movies. So, kind of works well for Animorphs, right? You got these guys that are shape-shifting into animals. They can make that kind of like this sci-fi gruesome thing mm-hmm. and then uh the story of the books which i don't didn't remember this as a kid was about an alien invasion and then oh. trying to stop an alien invasion right yeah, i remember that either i don't remember the books very well i remember the pictures in the books the covers because i was the covers were was, awesome yeah <laughs> yeah like wait this kid turns into a frog how does that save anybody <laughs> oh, i'll not read it yeah. <laughs> no same thing though like i'll get i'll go get some goosebumps yeah so there's 54 books that were printed from 96 to 2001 which means they are pumping them out with 35 million copies sold it spawned two seasons of a live action series. It was out of Canada. That's what I remember watching. Really? Was the, the two seasons of the series. Hmm. Um, along with the new movie, we're getting a new comic book series uh, from Scholastic Graphics, which is, so Scholastic starting their own comic book. They started already, but anyways. It's kind of late in the game to be starting a new one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys hear that Prince is really big right now, right? Yeah. Uh, graphics is their, is the publisher company. So uh, this will be the first, the first graphic novel will come out in October 6, 2020. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this? I think, I mean, the CGI is just right for this right now. Yeah, I think any earlier, this would have kind of been a major flop. But I think, I mean, th- as long as they put money into it, if you yeah. if you cut corners and try to make it cheap and and it's just like, uh, you know, like most made for TV movies and, and low budget anime, then it's going to be terrible. But 
if you put a little bit into it, I don't know what kind of backing they'll have, but um, yeah, I mean, they they can make it really good. They can make it a good show, but yeah, it's definitely going to take some good writers and invest in your animation and your CGI. I I can't believe it was about aliens the whole time. That's yeah. so weird to me because I just again I think it was mostly just the covers were amazing. Yeah, and it's like, man, this is neat. All right, uh, maybe I should read. <laughs> Uh, I wish I can go back and tell myself to read more. It'd be great. But um, yeah, so I'm excited to see an alien fight. Because what was that one show on TNT that was about an alien invasion the whole time that was like really good until it got really stupid? It's like Skyfall? That's not it. Oh, yeah. Skyfall. Or Falling Skies. Falling Sky. That's the one, too. It wasn't 007. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's the one, too. <laughs> I remember that. That, uh, that show was damn good for like two seasons it, and then it got it, it real did bad. it turned a corner i don't remember what it was it was just it's like it was lost it was like lost where they lost. just started dragging <laughs> on they got to a bunker and then it was like okay well we're still fighting the humans because you know the aliens aren't the real problem it's always you know trying to survive in society when society's collapsed i uh, think it was yeah on lost it was when the, they introduced the bunker i was like man i'm good now yeah exactly and then it, it, the same thing happened to one of the best shows ever Mo- worst potential was heroes Oh yeah, Heroes was so oh, good until so that like that show. last season. They're like, oh, you guys are kind of running out of ideas, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> Why is Siler the brother? We didn't need him to be the brother. He was Int- just a badass. Yeah, introduce more uh, writers and you guys panel this out. Do more Hito. Hito was amazing. Yeah. Oh, oh man, you can make a whole other series just on his story. That's a good idea. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, it's yeah. Make a whole <laughs> make a whole time travel series with him. We should do top five shows that got bad or something yeah. like that i don't know we have to figure out the phrase that. just start writing like let's make some shows that we need to this new episodes of gargoyles i'll start writing today there we go i sent i sent the thing to uh a casting ideas to disney they have not responded to me so <sighs> it must be in the pile or, or like the high priority or they're stealing my ideas mm. could be that one i'm just gonna say they're lazy oh, it could be lazy yeah. yeah uh i found the notebook i don't know where i put it Oh, it's right there. I found the notebook. Remember when we were trying to think of a uh, continuation to Star Trek Voyager? Mm. And we had exactly where everybody would have gone? Yeah. I have found it where we put everybody down. And then we also wrote down some other movie ideas mm. in there. One of the movie ideas that we wrote down was one where there was a group of... It felt like Twilight after now, now that I reread it. <laughs> but um, you had this family that they were called the Immortals. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were all paired off in twos. Mm. And then when they would die, they would... Their, soul or something like that would walk back to their body or back to their room at night it was kind of a little horror feel because you just hear the creaking of the floors when their dead bodies walking back to the bed yeah into the bed and in the morning they'd be fine yeah and then it's like that visual is what we base the entire movie (laughs) off of it's a trailer that's all you need and then there's (laughs) the other one with uh the two psychic brothers Mm-hmm. One where one was starting to rise in power and he knew that the only poster could take him down mm-hmm. was his other brother, so he imprisoned him. Right. Then the rebels, this is so much stuff that the people in the listening to this podcast don't care about. But there <laughs> if is you, this, if this sounds interesting, let us know. You can help support us in uh yeah, we're writing scripts. We were just they're from 15 years ago. We gotta finish them up. <laughs> yeah. Um and then yeah, so the rebels broke the the prison imprisoned brother out and then and that one I'm thinking the visuals that reminded that kind of started that was the Mewtwo versus Mew fight. Yeah. Was kind of what we based everything off but of that so one. Just the way you're telling that one, I could imagine that totally being made with the uh, old Batman animation. Oh, yeah. Uh, Batman and Superman from the 90s. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that would be really cool. Which I is mean, making like a huge Lantern. comeback right yeah. now. The uh, Batman animated series, the creators of that show got back together mm-hmm. and are making a comic book series that takes off from the animated series. Ah, oh, that's cool. They just introduced Deadpool, or not Deadpool, Deathstroke in it. Yeah. And it's like that same animation, that same feel, that same everything. It's really cool. Printing money. But anyways, yeah, I just found that. I found that. It's a notebook. I like it. I'm start storyboarding. <laughs> oh, it is. 
All right, last bit of news, guys. Uh, PAX West is being replaced by PAX uh, Online. This is actually replacing uh, PAX Aussie, Aus, whatever, it's Australia, mm-hmm. and then EGX, which is another one of their shows. This might actually be the future of PAX because uh, it's it's sounding like they're, they're bringing all three uh, things together of the big ones, mm-hmm. and they might uh, later on fold in like PAX East and stuff like that into this as well. Uh, this is, of course, due to COVID-19 because everything is right now, and uh, it's going to be taking place from September 12th to the 20th. We will be doing a show covering at least the last day, if not multiple of those days. Uh, PAX is always a really fun event because you get a little bit of everything. You get people that are just fun and geeking out and celebrating different things. And September is a perfect time for this because it's enough away from the other conventions Mm -hmm. that people are getting hungry for more announcements. And we're going to have a lot of things, I think, starting to pop up in February and March Mm -hmm. of next year. Yeah. Because people are going to start hopefully being able to go out by then. Hopefully. Who knows? Assuming we have a good winner. <laughs> well, uh, you know, vaccine level should be should be around then. Yeah. When we should have everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that'd be pretty great. But anyway, so this is going to be online from September 12th to 20th. Uh, it'll it'll have gameplay, panels, and tournaments mm-hmm. from three different streams. And uh, during the stream, they're going to put out like codes so you can download demos of the games you're watching mm-hmm. and actually play the games. Like, so if you're actually at the convention, one of the best things is when you go to one of these gaming conventions, They'll show the new Assassin's Creed and they're like, go on out to the computers, guys. And you play the new Assassin's Creed. Yeah. So that's pretty cool that they're doing that. Uh, this, I think, is a better version of what, if this goes off like they're explaining, yeah. <laughs> is the better version of how they should be doing things this month. Yeah. If EA was to be like, go try out the new Star Wars game for a bit, right? What do you think they should be doing? I think they have the advantage that they're setting it out in September. Yeah. They knew, they've known for, you know, at least three months that... That this is a problem. Virus won't probably won't be contained. May not be contained by the time they come around. So they've had all this time to prep and plan. I, that's this is exactly what I was hoping that like E three would have been able to do if they had more time to plan for it. So it makes sense. I think if everybody can get on board with doing this again, we like the hands on excitement of being in a convention. Right. All the little swag and stuff, the <laughs> custom stuff you get to see, all the fan art and things like that. There's a lot of stuff that you can't replicate online. But what you can do, you know, they, it looks like they are doing and, and trying to to keep up with what they had before and present as much content and make it as more as interactive as possible. So I think that's awesome. Being able, you know, actual being able to to test out the games and stuff. Um, I think that'd be cool. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully it does so good that in the future, if this does seem profitable, then they can just continue to do the same thing and not need to host the actual event. You brought up a good point with the idea of like, because it's in September has a big advantage. They probably should have spread it. Like if E3 got canceled, fine, mm-hmm. but spread out when you guys are announcing things over, you know, May and then into throughout all summer long, instead of everything put into June, mm-hmm. including us with our gathered gamers thing, we did it all in June as well. Yeah. Um, it, they, things kind of stack. <sighs> it's, it's really hard. I, we're all learning. This mm-hmm. is a big learning yeah. event for everybody in the industry. And when you got hot news, you want to get it out as soon as possible. Of you course. want everybody to hear it, but same time it's like you just stack it all at once and then it's all gone through and you don't you know for for the developers they they probably would have been better to release their news slower or piece by piece yeah um okay so the last little bit we want to talk about is we had a poll we put up last week asking you guys what you guys thought about our esports desk segment that we've been trying out uh this all spawned because the the increase in esports spawned because uh the company we're working with now CLNS uh, was saying like, man, esports is out there. Somebody's got to talk about it. If you guys want to, that'd be great. 
And we're like, yeah, you know, we like esports. Why not talk about it more? So we put out a poll out there after doing it for about two months, the uh, segment, asking you guys what you guys thought. If you wanted more esports, keep it the way it is, or less esports, or I don't care about esports. Uh, the poll has come in now. We have, you know, a little bit of time left on it, but we have some solid numbers now. Um, it looks like it's good the way it is, is winning. And then uh, with wanting more esports and less esports about Tide, and then uh, it, generally you guys do want some esports. So it's good the way it is. So how we could do that? Uh, we currently do an esports segment. Generally, every episode we do an esports segment. Maybe what we can do is so that we can address those who want less esports is every other week we'll do an esports only episode extra yeah i think that might be the best way to go yeah uh, especially it helps when there's not a lot of esports going on mm-hmm. some months it's kind of droughty while they're in between seasons yeah uh, i think that's what we'll do um i'll talk with daniel and squeaks because they're the ones that are sitting there pouring over the numbers and, mm-hmm. and researching our esports stuff and see what they think because we want to bring you guys what you guys like. That's number one on our list. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting more people to listen and stuff like that. That's all fun and games. The idea is to get you guys what you want. Yeah. And then eventually you'll have more people listen. Uh, and then because of the continued success that you guys have given us, next week we're running our first ad. It will be with, uh, of course, if you're a podcast, you have to, this is part of the ritual. We're going to be running Audible ads. Mm-hmm. So uh, with running ads for Audible, excuse me, with running ads for Audible, uh, that means you guys can download a book, listen to your book, which counts as reading, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> You're still putting in the effort, but you can play video games at the same time. Uh, so I think what we should do is do like a book club. Mm-hmm. We'll pick a book. Everybody can go to Audible. You know, you're, you're supporting the podcast and doing that. And we'll do the whole spiel next week. But um, uh, and then and then after a month, I think probably a month's fair enough. We'll talk about the book that we all took time to listen to mm-hmm. and uh do book club like we do everything else. Yeah. Uh, that we could do online and then eventually we'll do the comic book club. But right now, because everybody's cooped up, we have two comic book clubs ready to go now. <laughs> we're just waiting until we're in the same room again. And for, for each book, if you wanted, we could have uh, like a listener that wants to be involved in our conversation. Yeah. You just call in, you know, we'll pick somebody in advance or whatever. And you could join the conversation about the book. Well, I think what we'll do is we'll have a, a, a messaging system where you guys call in, leave your guys' thoughts, and we'll have like a couple people doing that. And then we'll oh, okay. go through them and stuff like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, that's just kind of ideas, guys. Again, we're always trying to better the show. If you guys like that idea, let us know. But you'll be hearing the first Audible ad next next uh, week. Just want to throw this out there. Audible is free if you do the free trial mm-hmm. per email. So uh, I'll do that before we start the- <laughs> running the ads for them. Um- <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Shady. <laughs> right. All right, guys. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. And we will see you guys next week. On Wednesday, we have a crossover with Tyler. Uh, We're going to be talking about top five esports. Speaking of esports, he was the he is the collegiate coach for Smash Brothers. We had talked to him in the past. He's currently coaching again. So it's good to talk to him about how that's going and uh, what to take to get good. And then we talk about the top five esports. But then we'll be back following Monday with some more news for you guys. You guys have an excellent week. Happy Father's Day. Belated Father's Day to everybody. And yeah, that's about it. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.